proud to present a glittering new season celebrating the barbaric ballet that we call Rugby League. You must feel pretty confident with that uh, additional bulk he's put on. Now watch the defence, it'll be fairly uh, violent I would imagine. Now the Gladiators, Hoppawati with the left forearm. It was as nasty as we've seen for a long time. A little bit out of character, he's a very clean player. Manly slumped to eighth on the ladder. Slanging match. He's only five metres from the line. And he's hurt on the bird. He runs into a wall. Certainly got some forearm in it for some damage done to him with a boot or a knee. But my heavens, he's really bleeding. He's come out of it very much the worse for wear. Bleeding like a stuck pig out there. And the crowd's starting to go wild. Intercepted. Shows it. Goes outside. Dead. It's a sad, sad commentary on the mentality of some of the idiots that follow Australian sport. Now, please welcome your muscle-bound maestro, Stephen Ferris and Chris Gale. As they... Ah, Chris, uh, business end. I keep rabbiting on about that stupid phrase, the pointy end of the year. But what is really more upsetting to me is we've got to this point. We finally got to this point where nearly a whole year went by where we've remained in unison of thought and concept and friends to boot, uh, where we have a major difference, a major split of opinion regarding the two teams coming into this week's grand final in the rugby league competition. And it uh, breaks my heart to say so. It's all right, Stephen. It's uh, meant to be uh, a big, wide open world where people can have differences of opinion. I tell you what, though, I tell you what makes me sad mm. is listening to that introduction and recognizing that the, uh, the big dance, as they love to call it, is on this weekend and rabbits won't be calling it. That's true, Chris. That is, uh, that is very sad. I think, you know, changes upon all of us. Uh, but there I was sort of celebrating the fact that the. I would say there are nice teams and there are nasty teams in a very juvenile sort of five-year-old way sure. when I was a kid. You know, yeah, you yeah. collect and go, nasty team, you know, nice <laughs> team. And, every, of course, every individual has different versions of who's nice and nasty. And, you know, the Melbourne Storm have never been one of my favourite teams. Really? And uh, you and I were there on Friday night. We were indeed. We, we were at the uh, the very ground where the grand final is going to go on, uh, Acor, as it's known now, Olympic Stadium, the stadium where they just renamed, of course, one of the stands, the Cathy Freeman stand. We were there. We saw the stand, Stephen. And can I say it was quite the event to be walking around the confines of Acor Stadium and people keep rushing up to you and say Steve why aren't you in the booth what's going on um, why are you down here it was uh, I, ha- I had the Groucho mask nose glasses and moustache and even that couldn't deter them <laughs> they just they just recognised you because you're that important yeah. out there and it yeah. was uh it was, you know I think the crowd felt um, blessed honoured and privileged that you decided to sit amongst us put my feet up Pipe in hand, you know, just relax, enjoy the music and the game, right? That was the notion, you know. Uh, we were fairly high up. We had a good a good angle on the game, so we could see the strategic moves, Chris. Yeah, you're saying that the seats I got you were a fair way back. <laughs> yeah, nosebleed. <laughs> and they were called, what? Members? <laughs> uh, and we could view the restaurant inside, which we weren't let into. <laughs> that was slightly uncomfortable. That we, we were, Our seats actually abutted like the big th- panes of glass. Three where inches were... from, from a couple having a romantic dinner at the footy. <laughs> That's right. They were, they were having oysters. Yeah. Yes. Prawns. It was a different experience, I have to say, Chris, not having a, a laminated parcel allowing me to go anywhere. <laughs> but I did give you the members card on 
it had a thing that you could wear around your neck, so it simulated a lanyard because it did. I didn't want to see you walking around that stadium without something yeah. that at least was a simulacrum of a lanyard because you would have been completely lost. Gotcha. Left, right, Chris. Hold my hand, please. Uh, now, who played on Friday night, Chris? Well, the Penrith Panthers yes. and uh, the Melbourne Storm, Stephen. Right. Now, uh, a couple of things. Uh, I call them a pack of grubs, but perhaps not the right uh, biological term. Is it a pack of grubs? Can the you... biological term is a tangle of grubs. A tangle of grubs, yes. right. <laughs> okay. Squirming away, <laughs> sipping hard. Writhing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and whilst we're on this grub notion, that we have had uh, people sort of uh, call in and say, Mount Grubmore, who should be the nominations? I just say, if Big Nelson just takes up the whole lot, that's all we need. Just one. He'd take a fair bit of uh, mountain to Concrete. carve. But yeah. we would really would love the listeners through at Fire Up Rugby League on Facebook and Instagram and at Fire Up NRL on X, formerly known as Twitter, formerly known as Prince, to let us know. We had some nominations earlier in the year, but we'll really focus and come up with the four heads on Mount Grummore, the, four, the, the tangle of Mount Grummore. Is this going up at the Blue Mountains? Are they going to carve it out of the Three Sisters? I think that's exactly okay. what's decided. Okay. And, and you know, there'll, be, there'll, be, there'll be recognition on the show yeah. for your efforts and nominations. And, and this is to do with, uh, with our bone company allowing more Chinese travellers to come, busloads, correct? <laughs> well, well we, need, point. we need to do something to restore what's the numbers that? after. Oh, that's not the Three Sisters anymore. <laughs> that's, that's Big Nelson, Asafa Solomona. Don't you know him? Well, particularly with Rugby League going to Vegas because it's going to go worldwide. God, yeah. Pitbull style, yeah, and style. <laughs> so, so you'll need. Given that you generate One the interest, the you, we've already talked about the atrocity walks. That's yeah. that's certainly going to be part of the yes. oeuvre. Yes. But destination destination New South Wales needs to get working on making sure that we've got the right. Uh, I don't know. Do you call them stonemasons that carve out of mountains? Yes, that, yes, I think they are. You know, it's the same people who start engraving the name on the trophy when it's clear who's going to win. Now, Chris, you've heard the term backhanded comment, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Or, or compliment, I should yes. say. Uh, Many Tar- times. Tariq Sims, uh, who played the other night has waited 13 seasons to finally play in his first preliminary final and said he wished he'd joined the Storm much earlier in his career. How'd that go, Chris? <laughs> well, it, we talk about being on the right or wrong side of history, Stephen, yes. and um, the Melbourne Storms definitely went on the right side. They went down to the tune of 38 points to four, and it was four all after Jerome Hughes run at Isaac Tungo and tested out that injured peck early on. So it really was one-way traffic, wasn't it? And you could hear that the, the hiss of air going out of the tyre, couldn't you? Suddenly the whole atmosphere was deflated to the point where a Mexican wave was the only thing to get us out of our, our torpor. <laughs> I, I was concerned when we were able to get a very, very good car park, even though we were only about an hour before kickoff. And I said, I don't know that people are coming, and they didn't, Stephen. No. Because you've got one out-of-town team that's yeah, yeah. disliked, as yes. you've highlighted. Immensely. And then you've got one um, in-town team that's also disliked. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, no, whoa, whoa, <laughs> On there, champ. This is what this is the difference, uh, dear listener, that we're coming to because of his trivial, tiny little sort of hatred of, of Nathan. Well, not Nathan, Ivan Cleary, really, and his progeny. Uh, Chris has decided the whole Penrith team and location are on the nose. I disagree completely. Well, you're entitled to because I said we live in a democracy, but it, yes, it germinated from what Ivan did to my dear old West Tigers. Can't get over but, it, but. Brandy Alexander himself, who, let's face it, is um, going to be beatified in Penrith. And yeah. they won't just build statues to Brandy. They will carve him into some sort of structure out there at uh, the Rugby League Academy. He's much loved, Brandy. He is. But yeah. he says this thing where all the neutral fans don't seem to like Penrith. Yeah. He goes, I'm wondering if they're confusing the Penrith Panthers' confidence with arrogance. And I'm wondering there why is, he's confused. Because there is no confusion. No, no, Chris. Mass confusion across says, the nation. He said mass they, confusion. They've misconstrued our confidence <laughs> as arrogance. And I say the public always gets it right. Now, this is for 
grand finals in a row, correct? Yes. And and this will be a three-peat, as everyone says, the great cliche, if they win. And I would hesitate to say that when they were first in and the second time they're in, they were much loved across the nation. Well, there is an enormous deep wellspring of affection for the Penrith Panthers because when they came into the league in 1967, Stephen, let's yeah. face it, they were terrible. Yeah, You were saying, you know, uh, Evil Ivan, you were the only guy with a placard outside the first grand final, correct? <laughs> That's right. The I only was, guy. I was guy. on my own. But, yeah. hey, it just takes a butterfly to yeah. beat its wings, Stephen. <laughs> yes, yes. I started a movement. Who can say that? Yes. And yes. You can see the future. But I, I, I remember the, the chocolate soldiers, the vertical stripes on the... And I did see one of the punters wearing one of those authentic uh, 19, early, late 60s jumpers with the vertical stripes. I think they had the sort of the blocky V and then they went into the vertical stripes. I remember in the days where the ABC would run the second half of games yes. uh, live... One of the first games I watched was Manly Warringah defeat Penrith Panthers 70 points to 7, Stephen, yeah. and tries were worth 3 points. Yeah. Penrith were that bad, and occasionally yeah. they stuck their head above the parapet. Hello, Phil Gould, 91, 2003 with Johnny Lang, but they've been routinely awful for decades. See, you're confusing this whole thing is there's a tall poppy syndrome and then there's, you know, the Australia's fair go support the underdog, and I think Penrith sat very squarely in the underdog status for many, many years. Huge then wellspring. Then once you start to win, it's yeah. like, let's cut them down. You yeah. know? <laughs> Hello, you're a walking cliche, Chris Gale. Not at all, Stephen, because you can win with class and aplomb and character. <laughs> you're telling me that Penrith aren't winning with class? Come on. No, no, they, they run this Kardashian FTH from the hood. We're all Mount Druitt. We know, we've checked the registered. They all own property in Wallara, Vaucluse, Rose Bay and Double Bay. I and dispute that. I want to see the title deeds. They layer up deluxe, Stephen. And you yeah. know, worse than a grub, which is Melbourne, is a mug lair, which is Penrith writ large. And Stephen, if we looked ahead to the game this week, can you imagine a world in which the neutral rugby league fan wants the Brisbane Bronco to win? Well, hello, welcome to 2023. Right, okay, let's just go back to the other side, shall we? Big Osafa Solomona. Uh, there was a situation where he came out during the week. The big plan, of course, we know that Melbourne were essentially governed within an inch of their lives by Craig Bellamy. Yes. We used to call them the robots. Yeah, totally. Uh, set of rules. Cameron Smith. Algorithms. Uh, yes, he was the evilest man in the world. And it was just like plot, 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 turn, wrestle, win. Yeah, it know? was methodical. It was robotic. It was repetitive. It was successful. So Stephen. what does Nelson come up with? And if I can just say what it is, he said um, chaos. He's going to unleash chaos. Okay, so Sounds he, nice. he came up with chaos theory. And we've actually been able to secure some audio, Steve. Yes. of when Nelson was being recruited by a couple of clubs. You talk about the nice and the nasty. Yes. And he was known uh, by an alias, which was Dr. T. But here is the moment where Nelson's future was set. set. Let's face it, Schmart. This high cost of eluding could bankrupt both chaos and control. Unless, of course, we were to join forces for this assignment. Max, if they find Dr. T, they'll kill him. Nine, nine, ninety-nine. At a special chaos meeting, we decided that Dr. T, whoever he is, would be much more useful to us alive. You haven't got a chance, Siegfried. Very well. I merely propose you lead me to him and let the good doctor decide for himself which side he chooses. All right, Siegfried. I accept your challenge. Then it is agreed. You will present your good arguments and I will present our evil ones. And may the worst side win. <laughs> That's all stacked. And Zygmunt's supposed to be German or Austrian. What is he? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just from chaos, Stephen. Right. And that is what Melson has subscribed into. Right. And it hurts Bellamy because Bellamy's a control guy. Well, he's okay, a smart let me, guy. Let me run it down for you, Chris. Chaos theory in mechanics and mathematics. And, of course, Big Nelson's part of the mechanics side of things, right? The study of apparently random or unpredictable behavior in systems governed by deterministic laws. Now, okay, deterministic laws, Craig Bellamy. Yes, Chaos meaning unpredictable, random. 
Big Nelson. Yes. How did it go down, Chris? It was a disaster, He's Stephen. lucky not to have been sent off. <laughs> he, he ran five times for about 32 metres. Yeah. He was so chaotic. At one stage, he just hit... You know the late hits and the problem and the dog acts, yeah. right? Nelson is so random. After Nathan Cleary passed the ball, he just ran and just pushed him over yes, like yeah. it was in the playground. And the referee couldn't send any for that because it was so sad. And I'm telling you, Stephen, the only good thing that ever came out of Chaos Theory are those Mandelbrot drawings, mm. right? They were really pretty. <laughs> and, you know, the way they move like a kaleidoscope. And Nelson was, you know, dropping an elbow here. And yeah. he was ineffectual, Stephen. To me, and this is interesting... Watching Nelson play, it was like watching a dinosaur bellowing after the meteor was just hit. I was about to say, hit. and what happened to dinosaurs, Chris? Well, they're extinct, right. Stephen. Is this not really the tail end of a dynasty? Is this not the collapse of an empire? Is it not the Greeks, the Romans, the Mesopotamians, the Abyssinians, whoever else have failed over the years, <laughs> collapsing? Not, not forgetting our friends from the United Kingdom. That's exactly right. <laughs> Are you, I mean, because many have done this, Stephen, and have been shown to be foolish. Yes. Are you calling it? Are you writing the obituary of the Melbourne Storms? Well, of course, I'm an optimist, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike yourself, <laughs> negative all the way at the moment. <laughs> um, uh, the wrestle, we yeah. knew ye well. Yes, exactly. Uh, now, I would say also perhaps it's a case of exorcism, Chris, because they've been so evil that, as we mentioned earlier, Father Gabriel Amorth, otherwise known as Russell Crowe, stepped in to, to expel the evil demons. And without them, they're nothing, Chris. Well, nothing. They, they did come out in jerseys almost bereft of purple, Stephen. There was just a little band of purple. And I said, that's not very – can I say that's unstorms-like? Exactly. And then their whole game was unmelbourne-like. Yes, yes. And uh, they, they were clutching at straws and uh, catching nothing. Right. Now, talking of technology, am I hearing that our great idea proposed to the NRL about having a chip in the ball so forward passes, and we're going to go to the Saturday night game, okay. will be recognised as a forward pass by science? Well, that was your idea. Has that I- been dumped? That, that was your idea. Mm. The NRL was investigating it, and the reason that they are investigating it, Stephen, is because this happened on Sunday, Saturday night at Suncor Warriors versus Broncos. Walsh throws a dummy and then a pass to Cobbo. Back inside for Ricky, and Ricky will score a try for Brisbane. Yeah, well, it is a try, and it might, I very well might put them into a grand final, but there was a forward pass right in front of us. 15 metres behind him, he couldn't keep up, Harvey on replay. Again, Reese Walsh involved. This is the pass we're talking about here. Yeah, that's gone about three oh. metres forward. <laughs> That's an absolute shocker, but anyway. Chris, is that a howler? An official howler? <laughs> that's a blooper, Stephen. Yeah. And that's a howler on the ref of the two touches, correct? <laughs> Who, none of whom could keep up with the mercurial yes. Reese Walsh. And it's all we're talking about. Lucky, it, well, it won't happen in the grand final, will it, Chris? Surely not. We'll talk about that soon. Uh, but big Kev, I mean, big Kevy. Kevy Walters has never been really big on numbers, has he? No. Mathematics? No. no. And this is quantum physics at its, at its best, isn't it? Well... Terry Ball, who's uh, responsible for a lot of the wonderful tweets that FireUps puts out and then I'm responsible for the bad ones, he actually provided straight away the Annesley explanation with graphs if you go to our Twitter feed at FireUpNRL, Stephen. So the observed path of travel in the third dimension with time assumed as a linear constant is what people saw. (laughs) But actually what it was was a backwards curved path of travel along the space-time continuum. Got it. And if we're talking chaos theory in Penrith versus Melbourne, we are definitely talking quantum physics in this particular game between the uh, the Warriors and the Broncos. Yeah. Uh, Monger on X said, these things also need to be taken into account. 
gravitational force, light refraction, wind direction and speed, (laughs) and the position of the moon in in relation to Suncor Stadium. Most importantly, the lift ratio of the ball's inflation pressure in relation to its height above sea level, Stephen. This, and that's, is, yes. this is why the technology was proposed, Stephen. And technology and science can be defeated by the mere look in the eyes of one Reese Walsh, Chris. Well, Everybody knows, that just it, it, mesmerising, right? The touchies looked into his eyes. The ref looked into his eyes and they went, that's cool. That's nice, Reese." So Spud Carroll has been on the show and I love Spud Carroll. Really enjoyed his autobiography. Yeah. He thinks it's really funny when he says, I get lost in Reese Walsh's eyes as though it's just occurred to him, right? Well, he's a man known to wear right. uh, eyeliner. But yeah. Nail but, polish. Yes. But there's something in it, Stephen, yeah, because yeah. I think all, including referee Jerry Sutton, and is this the comeback for Ashley Klein? Because like the referees refereeing the grand finals, like The Bachelor, they just keep eliminating them down yeah. and there will be only one and we'll find out later today. But... I think they were lost in Reese's eyes yes. and they failed to look at the direction of his hands right. and, dare I say, chaos ensued. Well, we've been calling him Barishnikov. He's more like a magician then, isn't he? Yeah, and, and people in history looking into eyes, Stephen, mm. they, they fall a cropper when Orpheus and, and I hope to say this correctly, Eurydice or Eurydice yes, or whatever, yeah. <laughs> were able to walk back from hell after Orpheus had collected her from the clutches of Hades. He said, there's one condition on the way up, mm. don't look back to yeah. see your wife. And, of course, Orpheus, when the sun came in, he looked to share that moment with his wife and she was gone, Stephen. And isn't it a story of Medusa? You can't look into Medusa's Turn eyes. Turn to stone. Turn so to stone. The, whoever gets the big gig, do not look into Reese Walsh's eyes because your reputation will be sullied forever, right. Did you check on the welfare of the touches afterwards? <laughs> were they still? Well, were they moving? Well, they were checked on their foot speed and it wasn't good enough, Stephen. This right. is this is the, the trouble. But your point that you... I, I know you brought up on this show, like I think in the Gillard administration, about putting a chip in the ball... There's a lot of money has been spent by the NRL working with the UK-based company Sport Table, yeah. or is that Sportable, on tri- <laughs> on trialling forward pass technology with a chip weighing only a few grams. Yeah. A, a group of get this, Stephen, these still exist. South African rugby fanatics, yes, started, started the company, and they were collecting. They data. have something to support, though, don't they? Yeah, right. Now it does get complicated. Listen to this: yeah, okay. the, the chip could measure the spin of the ball as well as speed and change of direction through an accelerometer, a gyroscope, and a magnetometer. Yeah. Right? And also uh, rule on 4020s and whether it hit the corner post or not, went over the corner post or not. Well, unfortunately, Stephen, it might only weigh a few milligrams, but that's millions of dollars. It costs a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But hasn't Graham Annals said, okay, we're going to go into camp during the off-season and decide to do the right thing by, by I guess, the workforce and say, we're going to go to the bunker yep. on those decisions for forward passes, potentially. So we don't even need the chip anymore. Well, the, well, the main reason they've abandoned the chip idea, Stephen, is cost. it cost millions. Yeah. And as we know, the NRL is tied up to the hilt in yes. spending millions on things like the Quest, Quest Willoway Pay Hotel. Yeah. So if you're in the hotel business, yeah. if you're buying the Gambaro and the Quest, you haven't got money for things like a chip to no. make the game better, Stephen. No. You need assets in this game. You don't need a better game. Yes. So and- Annesley has said, we will review because people are now saying, we understand the 50-50 and we understand the parallax area and we understand the involvement of quantum physics. Quantum physics yeah. But when it meets the definition of howler, yeah. so there'll be someone in the bunker who'll be there watching, and it's only for tries yeah. when they review them forensically anyway, 
And they'll have the discretion to hit the howler button. The howler button. And uh, improve it. What's that noise? Some sort of monkey? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be. Uh, it'll I, I, I'm suggesting, though, uh, this asset sort of, uh, and, you know, commercially sort of self-funding, etc. Uh, the atrocity walk. Who needs an atrocity walk when you just stick one in Cronulla? It's a destination point, right? You just go to the damn hotel and the picture's on the wall of all the atrocities committed in the area. Don't need to go for a walk either. That'll be great for the tourists, right? Yeah. We well, do a virtual walk. Yes. Right. Well, and, and you should include the bunker. And by the way, the sound for the howler will probably be the sound that Bubbles, Michael Jackson's chimp, <laughs> did make later in life in the cage when Eddie Murphy was encouraged not to go near it. <laughs> now, uh, I, I'm assuming the great Dennis Carnahan has delivered something for us, Chris. So Dennis Carnahan, by the time this goes to air, Stephen, he'll be two shows into his five-show run at the Bridge Hotel at Roselle. They're all over on the ABC. I heard them all going. Roy and HG gave it a plug. Did they? So right. it should be. I'm going tonight, which is Tuesday, and he's on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of this week, Rugby League, the musical. And he's reflected on a phenomenon where a team some three seasons ago was the Wooden Spooners, yes. Stephen, has now taken over. It's a kevolution. Talking about, before we get there, talking about good and evil, will you be on one side of the room with a bag of tomatoes with Grandstand being on the other side, like chucking them at them? <laughs> yes, I will. Down goes Grandstand. Don't you know that talking about a evolution now I've been pressed back Don't you know that talking about a evolution now I've been pressed back They've been standing on the sidelines After Ben Hunt dropped the kickoff letter H's of frustration Won the spoon with Seabold coaching for a time now they got a chance, a chance for a redemption. Selwyn Cabo is believing in the Cavolution now. At the start of the year, he thought Kevy was a nice bloke. At the start of this year, he said Kevy could not coach. Cause finally you're faithful of believing you've earned The right to talk about a cavolution But now you got the papers and we're gonna learn All about this cavolution going on All about this cavolution Don't you know that talking about a cavolution now I'm impressed by Don't you know they're believing in the Cavolution now. Fire up. Chris Gale, who else is fired? Anybody fired up at the moment, Chris? I've just received an email from some George Illawarra Dragons, Stephen, yeah. saying that my membership is firing up on the 19th of October. Do I want just to renew? Just like that. Well, based on uh, the Dragons' way, I think I'll be uh, dousing that fire. Oh, God. We're gonna, I've, got a lot, I've got a lot of convincing, haven't I, to do with you, Chris? A lot of arm, like, arm twisting. We'll get to that uh, in just a moment. It's the grand final this week, Chris. And uh, once again, the tale for those that don't understand who to go for is on one side you've got uh, what used to be a lovable team of entertainers, which 
is the Penrith Panthers or the Chocolate Soldiers from way back. Yep. Uh, who had some, you know, Appy Corusau and uh, and Brian Toll and uh, of course Jerome Luai. Uh, Entertainers Max and Nathan Cleary who was guiding them around the park and everybody, the whole world fell in love with them. And yes, I agree. They've become a little bit more clinical, a little bit more cold-blooded, dare bit, I say. A bit, bit more Melbourne-like. More tactical. You could say a bit more Melbourne-like, except they don't wrestle and cause any harm to anybody. Uh, <laughs> they're just a little bit more predictable in their manner of just destruction of the opposition. And then on the other side, you've got the Redcliffe Globetrotters, right, who are just uh, are fanciful, and uh, they don't care what they do, right or wrong, they just do it, and then eventually they're going to find some magic because they've got the Cobos and the and the, way, the great Reese Walsh. Farnworth. Farnworth, um, and, you know, the, the brilliant talent. Ezra Mam. And then Payne Ass, the biggest but man in the world. You're, you're a brave editor. Say if uh, Ezra Mam won the Clive Churchill, who knows who's presenting it, it'd be hard not to put the headline wham bam thank you ma'am wouldn't it ah, nice. but uh, they, they play with a freedom under that Kevolution that Dennis just sung about yes. Stephen and what a comeback it's been for the Brisbane Broncos not only in terms of their position on the table but the fact that they were not liked back yeah. in the day Stephen but yeah. now they're everyone's favourite uh, except for those few Penrith fans this weekend Yeah, look I love them both that's my point. I'm conflicted. I actually love watching both of them for, for the very good reason that they play really good football, not, uh, dare I say, negative football. Uh, you've got the Jedi Knight in the, the Redfern reject, and of course there are people protesting or exhilarating them in that sort of rejection. There was a heartwarming banner as a fan left walking, I guess, past uh, down Caxton Street after yeah. the victory over the Warriors that just simply said, thanks, South, for the gift of Adams Reynolds. And I do know many, many people are backing the Broncos for that exact reason so they can then turn their gaze to <laughs> Towards South Sydney <laughs> and the decision that's so that rugby they made. <laughs> so rugby league. It's, it's, it's convoluted, but it yeah, works, yes. Stephen. It works. And, and I like to hear that you're torn and I you're impartial yeah, because yeah. it means that you won't be trying to influence the no, outcome no, with no, your no, music no, no, selection no. on the weekend. There'll be no joke songs it, or it, taking a dig. It just comes straight from the heart. Straight from the heart. That's my job. Yeah. Impartial. I'm the musical. Did I'm you like regular. the DJ at the Penrith game, Stephen? Ah, yeah, that was interesting. He wasn't sitting back for the first time in the finals uh, for eight years and not playing the music. Can I just say to the listeners, he, he took it in, in reasonably good spirits. And, reasonably. and I think that there's every possibility that songs like Sweet Caroline and Whoa Ho Ho, I Want You To Be Chris, My Girl are going to get wheeled out on Sunday. They're great songs. But, yeah. but, but the job is also to refresh as well. The job is also to use the standards when they're needed. So you don't play the best in a preliminary final. You well, save it for the grand final. That was interesting. I mean, we were certainly at item when they wheeled out the best after the Penrith victory in yeah, a prelim. That doesn't make any sense. That's wrong. I mean, it preempts might not be the best. Preempts King Stingray and the Tina Turner show and what sure, they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure they'll team up at one stage during the uh, pre-game entertainment, Stephen. So there were there were a few rough edges because I know your job is to surprise and delight, Stephen. Surprise delight. And, and when and I hear Sweet Caroline, I'm neither surprised or delighted. I mean, I suppose we're grateful that we didn't get the horses, <laughs> and we didn't we didn't hear the voice. Well, so. we know why, because that's political, Stephen. The, uh, the voice. The voice. Oh, we know why. It's been co-opted yeah, yeah, for at least yeah, yeah. a year. Yes, so, yeah. I mean, that's one off the palette. You're saying it's on the nose, Chris. <laughs> I'm not saying it's on the nose. <laughs> I'm just saying we don't want to see politics in rugby league. Well, in fact, we do want to see politics in rugby league, Stephen. And we have. Well, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> all the time. I mean, you can say Stand that. Stand up and be counted. Right. The, the, the Macklemore's decision, that was political. Look, look, the, you know, gender equality. Yep, Totally. You know, violence against anybody, all. women, love for all. Hundred percent, exactly, all there. And it, it did occur to us during the Penrith game that we, you know, that there's been a lot of talk about who's presenting the Clive Churchill Medal, and I guess Cliffy Lyons is the favourite at the moment. Oh, we don't it? know, okay. but we saw an opportunity, didn't we, for who should walk the summons proven or yeah, it's, some the people shield. call it the proven yeah, summons, yeah, but the I like statue. summons proven. Yeah. 
trophy onto the field at the start of the game, didn't ah, we? You're thinking like I'm thinking? Yes. Val and Dale. <laughs> Val Holmes. Val Holmes, Dale Shearer, double act. I finally got it right. Funniest I... comedy routine in the world this thank, week. Thank you, Emma Domini. Val, it was a vodka cruiser can that he had with yeah. the packet of the white powder, powder with the prank. Gritted in his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Big at fine. Some, at some dodgy little front bar. <laughs> Big fine in a game. Yeah, yeah. And then the comedy piece with the bag of sugar and the schooner of beer by Dale Shearer. <laughs> So I see the two of them walking out, clutching their beverage of preference, white bags of powder. Because you know what I'm going to play, don't you? <laughs> hey, if yes. I have any say in it, it's going to be Grandmaster Flash, white lines. And this is a political statement yeah. saying, Chris Minns, where was the funding for the drug summit? Again, <laughs> rugby league setting the agenda, Stephen. Yeah. What a brave move that's going to be as Val and Dale... Yeah. Or Val and Rowdy march out the Summers Proven Trophy come grand final night. I cannot wait. You don't think it's a bridge too far for the NRL to come out for the war, war on drugs has failed? <laughs> Is that what you're saying, Chris? But they don't have to don't because have to. Rowdy and Val will do it for them. Done, done, done. Wow. And won't the crowd love that? Oh, no. they will. The larrikin spirit of the Aussie should never be underestimated. Because it will have kids asking their parents, what's that about mum and dad? Well, yes. son, daughter. <laughs> Uh, this game is going to be very, very interesting. Uh, I think most people, I haven't looked at the bookies. I think they're predicting Penrith will get through at the end because they always manage at the last, at least in the last sort of 15 minutes, don't they? Penrith play a game, and I don't want to get all rugby league on this show, Stephen, <laughs> but my take on Penrith is that they fully are committed to the fact that the score doesn't matter, yeah. that if they execute according to their processes, my God, this is Bellamy-like. Yes. If they continue to execute at the rate that they're able is to it execute. execute or prosecute? <laughs> yeah, yeah, grind, you know, <laughs> destroy, <laughs> eliminate, <laughs> make bow down. Chris, you've got to admire skill because that Nathan Clear can find a hole like nobody else can. Oh, yeah, he's a great hole runner, Stephen. <laughs> uh, they believe that if they execute at that level yeah. by about the 65-minute mark, They've the got other it. team can't go with them. Yeah, right. right. And, and Brisbane, with all their flair and their dynamism they've got an error in them Stephen and we saw that against the Warriors who jumped to the lead a couple of times including the intercept though the intercept was interesting where Dalian Watney Zalesniak scored his second try that uh, there's been a lot of talk about Reese Walsh yeah. and how he now dusted himself off yeah now Reese Walsh don't look in his eyes don't look in Do his eyes do not look in his eyes it he'll turn into a pillar of salt he's so mesmerising he's so beautiful we used to call him Bruce Nakaiva or even Uraev you know the old man but he's a young man he's only 21 Helpman and they had, that's right <laughs> Helpman <laughs> Margot Fontaine. Nail polish wearer. You know, come on, rugby league's moving forward. He's the, he's the vanguard. Mal's last dance, that yeah, guy. Yeah, the ma- and the most po- popular man at the open day the other day. Yes. Yeah. Sign anything. <laughs> anywhere, you know. So uh, You've got to be careful. That's what gets you into trouble. Now, he is fullback. He is. There is a, a, te- a, a trend, I think, about fullbacks all being nice at the moment. Now, ever since the days of uh, Billy Slater, when he wasn't the nicest man in the world. Billy Slater was a cat, Stephen. And I could go through many incidents, including the late hit in the lead up to the 2000 and, uh, what are we going to say, 18 grand final where they went down to the Sydney Roosters and Billy somehow got off that. Um, I'll never forget the day out at Leichhardt Oval where he drew back both boots and put them into Scando's head. But <laughs> this, you can see the regret in Billy because yeah. he's now all you know Ubuntu and Dis and mm. Kylenberg and the, the Imperfects. Redemption is always possible in the league. He's been able to pass on his knowledge about the organisational role of the fullback and he changed the game, Stephen, yep, future yep, immortal. Yep, yep. But he hasn't seen the new generation of fullbacks embrace the feline in him because they all seem to be no. you know, beautiful Ryan and Pappenhausen, nice. Ryan Pappenhausen, look what's Tr- happened to him. Wonderful. Guy. Lovely guy. The I'm only Melbourne-like. Like. Melbourne's, uh, totally. Except oh, yeah. who replaced him, yeah. Nick Meany. Uh, yeah, with a name like that, but he's also a lovable guy. It's a pun. It's a joke. And, and we're trying to be balanced here. On the Penrith side, you've got Dylan Edwards. He is so likeable. 
Not Simon level likable, but so likable that you said you nearly fell asleep during the interview. He was on 100% footy last night and he is a terrific player. He's had a fantastic extension. He's so reliable. He recreated the Scott Sattler tackle last year on yeah. Bailey Simonson in the grand final. Right. But geez, a dull interview. I mean, he's a real, you know, you know when they get issued, this is what we want from you as a rugby league player yeah. because we don't want any controversy. So one game at a time, yeah. I'm only here because of the, the lads. Yeah, uh, they're, they're very worthy opponents. Yeah. We're not going to take them lightly. I was snoring. And Stephen. isn't that his superpower that for, probably for years he wasn't even given a role. You don't look like you can play footy. You're not capable. You don't have all the right physical attributes. What, what, what we do with you? And then suddenly the guy's just cutting away like knife through butter, warm knife through butter every time he gets the ball. And I, his kicking game, his catching game, perfect. Well, I, I've actually trademarked this expression, Stephen, and write this down because this will keep okay, you in good stead. Ready, yep. Don't judge a book by its cover. And people look at, at Penrith and they look at Edwards and they go, well, go him because he's got nothing. He's not a boomboxer. Because he's Mr. Average. He's no, Mr. No. Unremarkable. He's got property in Penrith and Penrith only, Chris. And they're looking at three grand final wins in a row. Yeah. Now, Nathan Cleary. You're as cold as ice. You know, I don't know what it is, but maybe there's a fear factor involved in grand finals, but geez, he looks scary the other night, Chris. And I know that there's a lot of drill and a lot of trap hip-hop and that sort of culture. I don't think Nathan's into that sort of stuff. I know he used to dance to The weekend, wasn't it? Um, but... <laughs> The other night when he got a boot in the head from probably Big Nelson, I don't know who did it, uh, they bandaged him up. Black, Chaos. Black bandage style, like a Black Panther. You yeah. know? Great big sort of four-inch bandage around his head with blood dripping down the side. It's not Halloween, Chris. Not yet. But there's, the kiddies were scared. There's no way that their tape would be anything other than jet black, Stephen. I mean, I do believe you're right. Nathan's favourite show this year was The Idol featuring The weekend. Yes. Uh, but no, I don't think he's a 1-4 guy. But I mean, I think a fair bit of that culture is seeping through out west. And, right. uh, On that note, we're back in just a moment. Well, can, can I yes. just... Can I I just give you a theory before we come back of course, yeah. you're on the Penrith bandwagon so quantum is not enough the quantum is not enough no. chaos is not chaos enough. Not enough this is what I call the bandwagon theory yes. right and I'm prepared to wager that you're on the Penrith bandwagon because no one in the NRL or sorry let me say that again NRL era has yes. won three in a row no. the last were the Parramatta Reels 81 82 83 right you want to say fantastic Penrith what a great achievement three in a row however it's not 11 in a row. And you this know is what? just to clear that you premise for you. When we come back, let's pull that apart with Flano and the new way. We should. And Lancaster and no more joint venture con- concept. But the last word on this weekend, Stephen, it's a father and son affair uh, yes, where Billy course. and Nathan look at Kevy and Ivan and yeah. start to see more and they more They worry, don't they? They worry. Let's okay. listen. So, Chris, 
no matter which side wins, I can play this song on Sunday. <laughs> Absolutely. Right? And everyone goes, of course. And if you can if you can line it up to the time yeah. like you did with a Jonathan Thurston yes. hugging his family, Rhinestone Cowboy. Cowboy. Just look for Golden, whether yeah, yeah. Kevin and Billy come together or Ivan and Nathan come together and drop that tune there from is, Paul Overstreet, Stephen. Paul Overstreet. There is a, uh, is there a uh, Cat Stevens' father and son? There is. Yes, okay. There is. But I thought, you know, we don't want to go cliche, Stephen. No, we, we don't want, go cliche. We, we, we want to open to, things to up. cliche, I once did one of my um, weirder jobs was being in Parliament House in Canberra for the launch of the 28 slash 22 FIFA World Cup for Australia which of course we got dudded on big time then we dropped 43 million on that Rad and and Lowy and all the big noters and um, pay for a chip and a ball the theme song was Hey Baby by DJ Otzi Uh which I thought was you know it's a remake of an old 1950s track and it's crass Heard that on Friday night, Chris. Well, and it was also played just after... came back to me. It was also played after the Broncos won on Saturday, Stephen. Oh, so there'll be an no. expectation. There'll be a word come from... Like, Philanis will go, where is DJ Austin? There'll be a... That's right. <laughs> Look out, Stephen. Look out. Uh, Chris, we're talking about big theories here. Quantum physics and chaos theory. And back bandwagon well, theory. Uh, yeah, that's right. And I've got two that I'm very confused about. What is the most powerful force in rugby league? One, at this point in time, love. Yes. Two, hair. <laughs> Now, on the love side of things, you're, you're, you're saying it's it's a destructive force. Well, look at the... I hate using that word, but I use it all the time now. I've got to get away from it. Narrative, Stephen. Yeah, the narrative. The narrative in recent weeks has been a calm Victor Radley, a focused Kalen Ponga, yeah. a more equanimous and A distracted level. Teddy. Yeah, Cameron <laughs> Munster. And yes, a distracted Teddy. All down to the love of a good woman oh. or person, if you like. And we're happy for them. But, but they're all, you... they've all been bounced out Duds. of the, <laughs> bounced out of the, the finals. The, 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 the relationships are all in turmoil in Brisbane yes. and Penrith and they're Benefiting from Which it. is the, why the prediction of Melbourne are going down the gurgler. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little bit of love creeping in. I know. They're getting a bit older and they're a bit happier in themselves. Yeah. Now, oh, but that was the thing that just drove me crazy. You know, I hate rugby league cliches, Stephen. If people said it once, they said it a thousand times, Sean Johnson played better this year. Why? Because he was happy. How do they know that? He is right. They could, no, he could be absolutely furious so about a, something. You've got a posture of the press going <laughs> yeah, on his door. Are you happy? That's you look happy. Are they just happy? go. Well, he's back in. Shut New up. Ze- he's back in New Zealand. He must be happy. happy you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happiness doesn't come into yeah. it. If happiness comes and into rugby league, Stephen, Chris, I'm leaving. We applaud their sacrifice. Oh, we do very much. Thank you, Warriors. Thank you, Thank Cameron you George. Much. Now, on the hair factor, and we had this debate earlier because we are differing today. We are not on the same team. That's true. Uh, Reese Walsh, I just call it a mini poodle perm. Yeah. I, see, I feel that uh, Dallin Watney Zelazniak is right in the poodle perm. Yeah. Uh, Reese Walsh, it's more, it's more wavy. It looks a little like mid '80s, young yeah. and the restless to me Stephen. well he's only young yeah so he's just beginning he's growing into yeah, it it's like a mini fro nearly you know yeah, but the poodle's got to have tight curls in it for right. mine Stephen. now there's a lot of talk about the war between him and jerome luai mm-hmm. and luai of course uh you don't pull his hair don't touch his hair but when it's in full flight it's classic rock it's like if it wasn't for, for the fact that his ethnicity <laughs> would suggest deep purple well, it's it's actually a more luxuriant version of Kurt Hannett's from Metallica. Ah, but, but, you know that better. Yeah, more. but you get you get poison in there, you yeah, get warrant, you get Motley yeah, Crue. Yeah. I mean, hair metal. I mean, what a wonderful genre it is, Stephen. Oh, you oh. haven't listened to enough of it, I fact. <laughs> and uh, Lou, I would fit right in there. Yeah, right. Bit of spandex and away he goes. Mm, yeah. yeah, fireworks coming out of the top of his guitar. <laughs> We're in. So. There's another battle to watch on this Sunday. Well, the, and the other thing that occurred to us, we actually, it's the first time we've really watched a game 
uh, where we weren't invested directly in it, Stephen, though the way that you sort of attached yourself to Penrith was a bit unseemly. Uh, <laughs> we noticed that Munster had done a Don Mattingly, right? Yeah. A la The Simpsons. Mattingly, get rid of those sideburns. What sideburns? You heard me, hippie. And it wasn't working. Bellamy's still got a few old school tricks up his sleeve, but that one didn't work. (laughs) But here's another thing that I think Rugby League could investigate because they've got wellness coaches, they've got strappers, they've got trainers, they've got offensive and defensive coaches. There's only one team with a barber, right? But that's at the centre of excellence, and that's the Tigers, right? An in-situ hairdresser because the new Munster cut was not working... So if he could get off at half time and you know get something done to the yeah, Barnet, yeah, yeah. he could well have come back and played a lot better. No self control, that that man Munster. So if you need a physio, Up he went bit further, bit further, bit <laughs> further. <laughs> if you need, but he's got the love of a good woman, yeah. Stephen. But if you if you if you can fit in a physio, there's got to be room for a hairdresser in the modern rugby league team. Chris, can I break rank here? Yes. Is there room for a discussion on rugby union this week? <laughs> there's always a room for rugby because it's our part of the union segment, Stephen. Uh, yes. <laughs> Are we part of the union, Chris? Or are we just on the sideline throwing potatoes, <laughs> tomatoes? <laughs> well, and I hope I'm attributing this to the right person, but I saw an article headline, Stephen, ex-Wallaby captain. I think they're referring to Michael Hooper. You wouldn't know who that is. He's, um, he's not Hoops, is he? It, no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> In the wake of the Wallabies lost to yeah. Wales, which will see them bounced out inevitably of the World Cup, he says he's called for calm. I'll stay calm. <laughs> yeah. And trust I'm, me. I, we're calm. I'm very calm. Very, very calm. <laughs> and I've rung the likes of Bunnings, and there's been no right. run on pitchforks, Stephen. Now, do you remember there was a little bit of run this year where uh, there was a man, uh, uh, Hamish McLennan... I I remember very clearly. Uh, obviously, rugby union stock, you know, obviously private school stock. Went to Shaw, did he, by any chance? Uh, yes, I think he did. And uh, he was just making hay, wasn't he, while the sun was shining? Oh, the Swahili thing? He's gone quiet, though, Chris. <laughs> Hasn't he? He's gone very quiet. In, yeah. in the wake of the revelations that Eddie Jones is allegedly talking to Japan about taking a job as soon as this tournament was over. Within days of what? <laughs> the Wallabies being bounced out of the World, <laughs> the World Cup, Cup. <laughs> which, which will happen in about three or four uh, days' time. He's nothing if not a survivor, Chris. <laughs> and, I mean, there's a lot of red faces around at the moment, Stephen, and, and one of the people we love on this show, of course, is Peter Fitzsimons. Yes. Peter Fitzsimons wrote, wrote an apology. In and the, that's going to be our downfall, Chris. That's right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the love gets yeah. us. Uh, he's written an apology in the Nine Press this morning, Stephen, and said, you know, I want to apologise for backing the Eddie Jones decision. He then gave a long list of reasons about why he did. So it was obviously not a dumb decision. It was just the wrong decision. But he was trying to prosecute the case. Yeah. But he was back to his usual form in the Fitz file, Stephen, on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And just, I'm glad that you're sitting because this will really tickle your ribs. <laughs> this is something that Peter felt yeah. in the lead up to the Irish playing the Springboks was so good he had to well, run it so in his funny, column. It? It's yeah. so funny. Listen, listen to this. Listen. Hey, so, is this like the Monty Python? That if you hear the whole joke, you could die laughing? That funny? <laughs> exactly. That funny, yeah. So, a warning. Okay. A warning's been issued. We're not okay. liable. Okay. Uh, last week against Romania, South Africa had four halfbacks in their match day team, right, Steve? I'm waiting. So, as they were warming up for their match against Ireland, there was a meme. This doesn't sound like a meme, but there was this thing posted online uh, about the Irish. As we go off to relax and enjoy the evening, spare a thought for the Irish technical analyst. He has to go and analyse the video footage and then report to coach Andy Farrell on what he can expect from the box. One scrum half on the wing, the other one a fly half. Alternating flanks at hooker, last week's fullback a fly half, and a wing at second centre, and a new fly half in the plane. Good luck, mate! No, no, Chris, even Paul Kent's funnier than that. (laughs) That says everything. Hang on, hang on. What's that sound? Crickets. 
<laughs> that says everything about rugby union seven. Now, Chris, I know uh, we're talking about uh, the power of love and how it's a destructive force, and the soft side of rugby league is showing itself big time. Uh, and I know that the industry itself is confused, but great exciting news this week. Two rugby league players have put out children's books. Am I right in that? Did I hear that correct? Can we get into Is this? Is it a big money earner? Can we get into this caper like Graham the Grub? You know, right about Graham the Grub. Right about Graham and his travails of getting invited. Team, because it'll be because yeah. it'll be a story about diversity, inclusion, and exclusion, and the importance of di- embracing difference. I think it'll be great. And you got to have the protagonist and the antagonist. Yeah. You got to have the evil guy, right? So that'll be our uh, one of our off-season projects. Who are the books up. by? And what are they called? Uh, well, our book will be called Graham the Grub by Fire Up. But uh, we've got uh, Alex Johnson, who will. We're going to have Alex the Atrocity <laughs> expert. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, there will be Alexander Atrocity, uh, who's you know just this little thing that. And he's, in a, he's, a, he's a, what do you call it, a catalyst for trouble. You <laughs> that's, know? that's right. Come and Graham here. listens to him and yeah. gets himself in trouble and yeah. then the team doesn't oh, want him. no. And he's got to find a pathway back and it'll be subject, it'll be subtitled Graham the Grub, yeah. Pathway and to... And then re- you need the mesmerizer of Reese Walsh coming into play, right? <laughs> it'll be called Barishnikov. The pretty boy, right? <laughs> it'll be a pupae and it'll turn into a butterfly. Exactly. But it'll be Graham the Grub, subtitled... Pathway to Redemption, right. Stephen. Okay. But Alex, That's too complicated for the kids, Chris. <laughs> well, you've got to appeal to the adult market at the you same do, time, Steve. Right. That's the genius of Pixar, right? Yes. Let's uh, <laughs> talk about a cliche. Um, he's happy. He's very happy. Mm. So Alex Johnson, who will surpass Ken Irvine as the all-time rugby league try scorer in my view, Stephen. Wow. He's written a book called A Footy Tale. Nice. A rhyming picture book and story yeah. about an underdog team of bunnies oh, no. up against a stronger team of animals. That's not getting bored. It pr- promotes themes of unity, yeah. togetherness, yeah. resilience yeah. and teamwork. And, and bunnies I- winning. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And let's face it, who hasn't has, yeah. well, does a shark beat a dragon? If you just kept it to the quiet man who's, who, who does good... You know what I mean? I scored a lot of, tri- or the character scored a lot of tries, not the bunnies. And uh, in the um, knock-on effect uh, cup, which is second grade, Stephen, mm. the South Sydney Rabbitohs did come back to defeat the North Sydney Bears, uh, pretty much on the bell, twenty-two points to eighteen. Yeah. And Alex had given every member of that team a copy of a footy tale prior to running on the field. Oh, it's actually and out now. That's what's it's got Christmas them over the line. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, oh, there's another one as well, Stephen. Yeah. Manly Seagull star Tom Travojevic has launched a book. Tommy Turbo. Yeah. yeah. It's called, yeah. get this, Turbo Pup. Turbo Pup. But it's about his real-life dog named CJ. Well, I, how, do you, how, does he, how does he put the turbo into it? So his? shouldn't it be called CJ? CJ Turbo. Yeah. I mean... I suspect Tom has written a book about himself as a dog. Yep. And he's called it Turbo Pup. Now, I'll tell you who's not soft, Chris. <laughs> Papua New Guinea. <laughs> Papua New Guinea... They drink concrete for breakfast. They are hard, Chris. Never doubt that. And you know what? What else they got? <laughs> well, we've already touched on a few cliches, yes, Stephen. Yes, we're and, about it. And um, I was watching both Prime Minister's 13 games, or should they be 17? That's a bit of a debate, <laughs> against Papua New Guinea. And, of course, the usual chaotic scenes in Moresby, Stephen, 5,000 fans, you know, rattling on the buses. <laughs> Flares and you know, fires they and said it was torn a, down. And they, <laughs> they said it was authentic footage, but it, but it looked like a very young Mal Meninga to me. It might have been from taken from yeah, previous right. times when he, he was sure up there. It wasn't Ukraine, Chris. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know, fake news. But um, the commentators basically don't do the work, Stephen. They get their press kits. And they open them up and they go, here are three things you can say. Are you pointing fingers at anybody in particular or just across the board? Corey Parker, (laughs) Matty Johns. Even Matty, even the great Matty. X-Fire Up Matty. They they open up the press kit and he goes, here are three things you can say about Papua New Guinea. Okay, one. They're hard as concrete. Hard as concrete, yeah. (laughs) It's a religion up there. Is it? And it's a national sport. National sport, exactly, yeah, yeah. 
Yet when do they go out the door and bring them in? Yeah. They're knocking. They're well, knocking. they are our bulwark against the incursion of the Chinese Communist Party, Stephen. So I'm all in favour of the Pacific Be- Pacifica Bears. Bring it on. Yeah, and unfortunately, you need more than hardness to win. Well, that was it, it reflected in the scoreline. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yes, unfortunately for that. Uh, now, <laughs> it's not in Flannery we trust. And, and as he said, you know, like Oustouse, there could be an, an, an F off Flano. On the hill, a sign, you know. So Flano's taken over, and he's just working wonders at the moment, actually gearing up the uh, the army and beyond. The the supporters for St George Illawarra were treated to, well, not the supporters really, the the the, the, the hoi polloi, the top end of town, were treated to a, a, a breakfast or a lunch. Yes, correct. At and the Taj Mahal, for the Taj Mahal of all places, and they all walked in and went, "Gee, this needs a bit of a lick of paint. This needs a bit of a reno. What, what do you got on? <laughs> Burgers and chips?" You know? <laughs> they 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 arrived and they go, "I, I believe I'm at the fun- function in the president's room," and they go, "This is the president's <laughs> this room. This is it. Look at the and carpet. Goes, it goes 1956. That's a political yeah. coup. This, it looks like the military." taken over Chris is it the right time to say uh, well let's talk about what what did, what, did he, what, what was he banging on about the dragon way right good morning everybody I'm Shane Flanagan I'm your new long term coach here at St George Illawarra please yep. enjoy the buffet yep. um, but nobody eat while I'm speaking no. so that's automatically putting a stake in the ground right Stephen so there's no clinking of cutlery no, no. and he's listed off his achievements so far we've already gone through that he put nixed on the head the relocation yes. of the heritage immigration huts down at the UOW CIO yep. C-O-E. So the whole team had to re- relocate them back to their original positions. That's right. Yep. So that's good training for the players. Yes. Uh, we're bringing training back to Cogra until we're ready to go down to the Centre of Excellence at the University of Wollongong. Right. So he's bringing the game back to Cogra. He's been seen both at Tempe Ikea and at Bunnings mm. buying purpose-built furniture mm. that will suit the mm. Dragons training facilities wherever they are. And selling red and white sausages. That's right. And, I mean, that really takes us back to Trent Barrett buying yeah. all that, that uh, yep. pool furniture back in the day. <laughs> so he's really getting in grassroots and all. So he's building a Picture, Stephen, mm. and it culminates in something. Somehow, I think you've got to, you know, you've got to go back to old school carny tricks. You've got to take the team to the people. You know, Saturday morning shopping centre or IKEA or or Bunnings. You know, dealing out sausages in your clobber so that little kiddies come up and go, "Can I get your autograph, please?" That sort of stuff. You know, old school. I read Larry Riders, who was on the show, Stephen, never. Yeah. Never before, never, never again. again. And what's he referring to, Chris? Never before, never again. Yeah, 11 St. George Premierships. Did you, did you say 11? Yes. 11. Penrith 3, fantastic. No, but, <laughs> but do you know about the St. George 11? Well, you won't for very much longer if Chairman Andrew Lancaster and I remember gets his way. Yes, I remember 1966 they actually had a referendum. We've got to stop the Dragons now, yes or no. And it was a, it was a yes vote. <laughs> and that flowed into 67. We which can't have a, this anymore. It's no good for rugby league. Which is a key date. Yep. And uh, not that Kamal was aware that what's there was a referendum in 67 if you read that yes. but but the, what in that Larry Ryder book he said the great thing about that St George team is you could go down to the butcher yep. and it could be a player yep. you could go down to the local news agent and you'd be buying a paper with Johnny Raper and the rest of them all work for Rishas that's right so, so the community felt connected to connected. these people Stephen you knew your player and you were proud of them yeah right now yeah. Uh, the St George Illawarra players like the Wallabies could walk down the main street no one could identify but there's them. a revolution happening Chris it's the Flano revolution it's the Flano and the players new players fresh blood the whole bit you know uh, there seems to be an enormous number of assistant coaches now yes de- developing Dean and, Young and, yeah Dean Young pathways officers coming out your eardrums you know the whole bit high performance strength but conditioners there, there's been a statement which I'm a little concerned about that the, the new boss Alan Lancaster and he's been given an extension already by himself well yes we'll talk about chairmen's extending themselves in a moment as well Stephen in my context yeah right he says the joint venture joint venture is a statement of phrase no longer exists now I thought it was slang anyway 
I didn't realise it was actually enshrined in the constitution of the Dragon's Way. Yeah, my, well, there's the expression. And, and my understanding, certainly the Tigers, this, this is a joint venture. There's no question about that. It's a legal term. So I don't know how the chair just unilaterally, yeah. unless it's North Korea, yeah, yeah. makes a statement like yeah. it no longer exists. Yeah, right. But the Dragon's Way, which is the concept that's being landed on by Flano. Yeah. It is a construct, Stephen. It's an idea. It's a, a state of mind, isn't right. it? Right. Because, you know, the bone of contention for all St George supporters has been do not erase our record. Our record is something to be highly proud of, and I think Flano is supporting that. I would agree with you, but yeah. I think that the announcement that the joint venture no longer exists and that St George Illawarra is just a state of being, yeah. a sensation, a vibe, if you like, means that you've won one competition. That... that Never before. You see the hate? Not again. See the hate? Yeah, we'll have to be yeah, the yeah. new book. <laughs> yeah. Now, my understanding is, of course, that um, that Illawarra ceases to exist as a partner. Am I correcting that? <laughs> no, I think you've got that, is that seriously, not win? Not seriously win? wrong. Uh, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not win. <laughs> no, okay. All yeah. Right. Anyway, um, Flano, we trust. So the uh, the Dragon's Way is the way that you walk, talk, think, train, play yeah. as a dragon. I would add win. Um, uh, no pun intended. But <laughs> there was another article because he's all over the press, you know, um, proselytizing Stephen. And he says he's really got a lot of this concept from the Carlton Football Club, which is an AFL team, well, that's right? That's not very rugby league, Chris. Now, they made the prelim this season, but it's the first time they've been in the final since the Gillard administration, Stephen. So, Certain uh, methods were taken. So didn't... I'd be concerned that your coach, your future, yeah. is obviously blissfully unaware there's already the rooster's way. Yes. yes. And he's going to the dark side mm. to try and establish this construct. So I think it'll take more than furniture from Tempe so, Ikea, Stephen. Sounds like something Robbo would do. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But Robbo got that real estate early. Can we talk about chairmen's and extensions, Stephen? Of course you can. Uh, the West Tigers announced an independent review yeah. uh, by the Holman Barnes Group, which owns 90% of our joint venture, and right now we are the only joint venture, apparently. Stephen. Who are the Holman Barnes Group? That's West Ashfield right. Leagues Club, so, the Rivers of Gold. Uh, here's another question I don't understand. I thought le- like you know, cooperative uh, clubs were membership-driven. Yes. Everybody, not for profit, everybody owns the club. So this sounds like a corporation. Yeah, but that's the. It, Management it's group. just a name change, isn't it? You know, and it's sort of trying to honour our history, like you've got oh. Summons Proven, Holman, right. Keith Holman, uh, Keith Barnes, the two Keiths. I would have liked the Keiths Corporation. The I would Keith have sounded were. more mysterious. So it's just a name for the club. So they're doing root and branch. Yeah. And it <laughs> oh, is, no. it, it's a name, name, so it's of, name of the organisation that operates as West Ashfield Leagues Club. Right. And in no way were they saying that they were reviewing anyone in particular. But they were looking at the governance, the operation, and the way in which the management structures work in the club. So as soon as that was announced, uh, the West Tigers board announced that Lee Hedgepatellis, Andrew Lancaster style, has extended three his years. chairpersonship for another three years. Sounds like a dictatorship, Chris. Well, it's very, very unsettling for all of us, Stephen, and uh, I'm meant to be a contributor. My contribution, as I keep saying to the independent reviewers, win more games. Yes. That'll yes. help. And then no one cares about anything. <laughs> but it's interesting because Chairman Lee, which really does have a nice Chairman Lee, ring to it, doesn't it? Does, it does, doesn't it? Yeah. He goes, I understand the complaint in respect of the lack of accountability given – he sounds like Peter Valenti. Right. <laughs> the lack of accountability given the corporate structure. But get this, Stephen, it is what it is. It is what it is. That, that's, that's, the, that's the slogan. It is what it is. Yeah, yeah. A furious Benny Elias, yeah. who was on our show a few months back, yeah. Stephen, went on NRL 360 last week. And he was just saying, this is 
is outrageous. They're meant to be doing a review. How can your principal sponsor be you independent? Don't, you don't reinstall the same guy for three years bef- before the review. Well, the Tigers do. Well, yes. <laughs> and Benny, you know what he concluded after he just you know, vented and said how unhappy it yeah. was? He said, anyway, it is what it is. Ah. And in a similar vein, people say, and I've had a dinner recently is with someone. Is that apathy? You've given up? Well, it's, well, no, well, but it is what it is, Stephen. Yes, I know. I, I've had uh, a dinner recently with someone who said the rugby league is a complete uh, uh, non-entity. It's not worth anything. You can't learn anything from it. Well, you can learn that. Yeah. Moses Leota in his, uh, what was last week, upcoming clash against Big Nelson Chaos Series said, whatever happens, happens. Right. And returning from drug suspension to play for the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, Bronson Sherry this week says, anyway, life is what you make it. So, And a man who they just found his head said, such is life. <laughs> hey? Ned Kelly, the great Ned Kelly. Where did they find the head or the helmet? Uh, gee, I thought it was his whole head. <laughs> <laughs> Shows how much attention I pay to the news. Yeah. Did you see the 1970 vehicle with Mick Jagger as Ned Kelly? Yes, I did. I was about nine. I, I, even then I knew it wasn't a good film. No, no, he wasn't hard, Chris. <laughs> He wasn't Papua New Guinea-like. He's a pommy. (laughs) This is all about Ireland. And when I'm talking North Ireland, because I'm talking Dublin, you know. (laughs) Uh, Though, of course, Ned Kelly said he never went there. He's thoroughly Irish, of course. This is getting... Not Mick Jagger, come on. This is getting way too arcane. Liam Neeson's still North, you know. I mean, Van Morrison's North. None of them would even do the job, you know. I'm trying to think who would do it. (laughs) (laughs) This is getting way too arcane. Yes. But I saw a documentary recently on (laughs) Werner Herzog, Radical Dreamer. Oh, don't go there, Chris. Not for the rugby league fans, please. Fitzcarraldo, you know, the one (laughs) where they take the very... the, The original casting, Mick Jagger was in it. And then they lost funding. He gets around, doesn't he? Then they brought in Klaus Kinski. Now, a plug for a friend of ours. Stuart Coop's got a great book, Shake Some Action. Yes. There's even a little spot, and he's told me a story before that Mick Jagger has a real fear about being considered small, not tall. Right. Um, I thought he always looked tall because he was thin, but apparently he's not that tall. And Stuart Coop is reasonably tall, and apparently in a French hotel... Mick had to get a, a little footstool to stand on to do the photo. Is that right? That's true. He's put it in print. And are you excited by Hackney Diamonds, the new album? <laughs> yes, why not? You see the presser? They look fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if I should play angry at the grand final, though. Well, if the, if the Storms had won, you would have <laughs> yeah, yeah. definitely have played it. Because don't get angry at me, you know. Okay. People have asked me, why is the Rolling Stones called their new song Angry? And I do say, well, you know how old they are. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no wonder they're angry. So, Chris, just to uh, tie off this great grand final special we've got going on here, out of Fitzcarraldo and Mick Jagger, uh, who do you predict to win? Who, who you want, but who do you predict will win? So, Stephen, I am with the majority here. I do believe that Penrith Panthers will give you licence to talk about the St. George 11 Premiership so that they will win. Uh, I'm putting it in the uh, 8 to 10 point range. I want the Broncos to win. I want Kevy to be triumphant and young Billy to be able to hug each other yeah. while you play, seeing my father in me. Yeah. But uh, I just feel they've got uh, an error in them. the Broncos. They're not seasoned enough, Stephen, and right. the Penrith juggernaut will roll on. You, you? Don't, you don't think Adam Reynolds is seasoned? No, well, he, he's the difference, yes. but there's, yes. there's just a, a bit of looseness around the yes. Bronx, I yes. think. And, and can I say, uh, does this all play into the fact that they say that uh, Reese Walsh has the, uh, the, the memory in the mind of a goldfish? Well, this has been a lot of discussion that, like Billy Slater, he had the memory of a goldfish, which yeah. says that he's able to brush off. Does something wrong? And Don't just go, go on to the next play. Throws an intercept yeah. and he can't remember. Instinct. Who's done the research on what a goldfish's memory is like? Oh, I'm sure it's done, Chris. We've done quantum physics. It's science. Well, our audio producer, Mass, said that it, maybe it's more like an octopus. An octopus? Eight brains. Most intelligent thing. I've seen my octopus And the brains don't talk to each other. <laughs> That's right. That's so how you go. On one side, Switch one off, go to another one. I'm going to step fast. That's one brain. Number two is I'm going to throw a ball forward, right? Number three, I'm going to throw an intercept. Then I'm going to score. 
And who was in the Queensland camp this year? Old octopus DNA himself, Cameron Smith. Rubbing off on Reese Walsh. Who do you think is going to win, Stephen? Yeah, I think Penrith. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to come back next. I'm excited by both. Oh, it's going to be great. Well, this is a great grand final. Let's hope it's not a fizzer. Yeah. You know, and because they often are. Imagine if it was a draw, Chris. (laughs) Imagine. But I'm I'm backing Brisbane East to beat the South Sydney Bunnies uh, in the State Club Challenge into. The women's? The Newcastle Knights, I think, Tamika Upton is one of the greatest rugby league players on the planet to beat the Gold Coast Titans. Right. Into the Penrith Panthers. And we'll be back next week to do our wrap-up wrap show, yeah, Mount yeah, Grubmore, yeah. uh, say goodbye for the off-season. Thank you for your time, Chris. I know we, did, we disagree, but uh, who knows? A week's a long week. We're still friends, though. We're still friends. Bye-bye. So tune in again next week when we invite a veritable breadline of nobodies and wannabes to flesh out another rip-snotting roundup of rugby league shenanigans, slander and smut right here at the home of radio's most fatuous footy confab. Fire!